Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. I'm talking with Chris Bulk, and uh, uh, now Chris has had one success after another in business because he took the time to get educated, to study, figure things out, and then work on a pattern, you know, follow winning patterns. That's what I kind of see with you. You know, you had a logical approach. You know, you, were, you got in a position where you could analyze companies, and uh, that's how you wound up with a value equation uh, book. But what, you know, you talk about four years at Georgia State, uh, part-time going down there to get your MBA. You know, that's a slog, driving downtown to through the Atlanta traffic and going to class for four years. You were, de you were a determined uh, young man I, uh, at the time. What, what led you up to that point, Chris, when you, you how, what got you up to that point to where now I'm going to go get my MBA? This is, this is an essential next step for me, enough to where you did four years of uh, putting yourself through the price. So I need to just talk a little broader than that. I mean, uh, when you interview a bunch of CEOs or business leaders, uh, yeah. One of the things that they all have in common, most likely, is that they just all worked really, really hard to get where they are. Um, I mean, actually, they almost worked stupidly hard to get where they are, you know, and, and you yeah. might have done exactly the same thing. And yes. you go, what drives these people to work so stupidly hard? Like, um, I mean, I wasn't the guy who was sitting there waking up every day saying, what's my uh, work-life balance kind of stuff? I mean, I was, right. I mean, I was just working all the time. And, and so what causes somebody to do that? And I would say in my case, it's that I graduated from college in the middle of a recession, uh, big recession. It was 1979, 1980, um, uh, and, uh, which is pretty much about as bad as uh, 2008 or nine. It was, uh, and we were in hyper, getting into hyperinflation. Prime rate was hitting 21%. And uh, I had a European history and French degree and not a single business class. And uh, uh, and what was that? Your, your, what was that again? <laughs> I had a European history and French degree. That um, was yeah. That was going to prepare you for for a lot of success in business. Well, you know, I would I would say for for uh, those people chuckling on the phone, I would say the good thing about that kind of stuff is it teaches you how to write, and it teaches you also that the world doesn't necessarily work right. I mean, uh, uh, it's not linear and there's a lot of ambiguity. And um, right. uh, and, yeah. and uh, oftentimes I find with people that major in just business, they sometimes don't work, uh, they, they sometimes don't write very well, uh, don't present well, uh, have a hard time convincing people of other ideas. Um, and they somehow think the world is fairly linear, you know, um, and it's all going to work just perfect, you know, but it, but of course it, it doesn't, none of this stuff happens. So if I got something out of my liberal arts degree, that was it. But, um, uh, and, and also an understanding of how, how to learn, <laughs> keep learning. But anyway, so, uh, so I get out of college and I, 
apply to companies. And back in 1979, there's no email, there's uh, no nothing. You, I would go down to the public library, I would look up companies, find out who they were, you know what they did. I would I would send out um, letters to them, and I had to hand type every one of them, and then they'd have to hand type them back to me. And uh, I basically came up with 300 rejection letters uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. And uh, and so I realized that I wasn't all that important, you know. And I and 300. 300. Wow! Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, congrats. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's doing it big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I did it big. And, and the thing was that um, I was so desperate by the time I was getting like the 300th or 250th of them that I probably would have almost taken any job. Like I was, uh, um, you know, I just needed a job pretty badly. And I, so I ultimately decided that I was uh, the best thing that, a way, that happened to me in a way, if I got lucky, and then one of the biggest lucky things that happened to me was that I got turned down and I had a chance to sort of sit back and think, okay, what do I want to do? I decided uh, that what I was going to do is I was going to work selling clothing at a men's clothing store. And I was going to start putting myself through business school. And I, I started taking accounting classes at night. And my goal was to work for a commercial bank, because if I could work for a commercial bank, my view was that you know, I might like banking, but the, the next thing was I, I would learn a lot about business and I knew nothing about business. And I came to realize I just knew nothing. And uh, uh, and so I, my 300 rejection letters showed me I knew nothing. And um, uh, so I uh, was able to get a bank convinced to hire me. It was a regional bank in Atlanta, Georgia. And I worked there for six years. And when I worked there, um, I worked stupidly hard. I went to business school at night till 10 o'clock at night. I um, uh, became a, a financial analyst. I became a credit geek. I became really good at reading uh, financial statements, uh, which I'm still good at. Um, and uh, uh, and uh, along the way, I decided that banking had been fun, but I wanted to go do something else. And one of our customers had been uh, a company that did real estate investing, and uh, but they were really a finance type company uh, having these tenants that were fast food franchisees at the time. And uh, and they needed to have somebody put up their money for their fast food restaurants. So they just didn't have enough and they couldn't borrow the money easily. So um, uh, so this company was based in Arizona and I was 29 years old. So I packed up my bags with my wife and, and Hollis and I moved out to Arizona and, and uh, moved there in 86. And from there, um, I was able to uh, ultimately uh, help take that company public. And then I uh, started two other public companies. So, uh, and I was uh, president or CEO of all of them and, and uh, on the board of directors. And it, see, it, just, it seems like a, smooth, a big jump or a smooth jump to where you're working there and then all of a sudden you're the natural CEO <laughs> choice at all of these companies. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you know, life doesn't always work that way. But um, I would say with the first company that I did, um, uh, we uh, had an issue where we ran out of money to invest in the late, late 80s. And so uh, another gentleman and myself were um, given the opportunity to go out and raise capital from pension funds. And we didn't know really what we were doing at all. Um, uh, but it was a tremendous opportunity. And I uh, learned an awful lot from it. And I also gained a lot of relationships with pension fund investors, and I learned what they were interested in. And, uh, uh, 
And as I'm doing this, I realized that perhaps the best opportunity for, for, for the company at the time was to take our assets and list them on the New York Stock Exchange. So I went into the gentleman who's the CEO at the time and I uh, said, I think we should just take all of our assets and, and list them. And um, uh, ultimately that's, that's what we did. And it took two years and I led, led the uh, uh, process. So, um, you know, like a lot of CEOs, I got the job because I was the guy who had the solutions. So, um, and I, I came up with a solution for the business and then knew how to run it after that. And um, uh, we, we ran it up until the time we sold it to GE Capital in 2001. And it was the largest U.S. real estate investment trust that did leased assets to um, on real estate to, to middle market companies. And um, uh, and uh, I was a GE for a year and a half and left to uh, start with a gentleman uh, from our first company. He and I started the second company and um, took that one public. And, uh, and then later on, I, I had a team of other folks and I started a third. Well, you went through... 300 rejections, but were you applying for positions using your history and literature uh, degrees or just anything? Oh, it's anything. I mean, I was applying to advertising agencies because I could write okay and I uh, uh, had some experience with publications. I was uh, sending money to, uh, I mean, sending, sending, sending uh, resumes to uh, publishing uh, shops, Time Magazine, Newsweek. I was, um, I, I even had resumes going out to Ralston Torino. I mean, I'm not sure I would have done it, Ralston Torino, but I mean, uh, 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 so, um, I mean, it's 300 resumes, Larry. So it's a lot, you know, so, so you're covering the waterfront. Um, and, uh, uh, and I was trying my hand at a lot of different stuff because I didn't know really what I was really interested in. And, uh, uh, and, uh, probably was a good experience in terms of formative thing uh, for helping you sort through, uh, be exposed to the waterfront and see what you uh, liked more than others, you know, that you had the most curiosity about, you know? Yeah, and, and I, at the end of the day, I realized that I know, knew so little that I needed to go into a place where I could get some training and some guidance. And, um, uh, and so banks almost universally had training programs at the time. Uh, uh, and so I joined one of those kinds of training programs and, um, and I was adamant on Let being on the commercial this. side. Let me ask you this. How, you know, people will take that for granted, but a lot of people don't realize they need more training. <laughs> and uh, like you said, but the light bulb went on. Uh, you didn't just say, well, the economy's down. That was it. You uh, realized that, or you came to the conclusion, I need more training and uh, I need to get it in the bank. Because a lot of people would, just don't think in terms of, you know, like I've been to school, this, that, the other, what was me, what can I do? But you said, I need more training. Uh, what do you think propelled you to that conclusion other than couldn't get a job? <laughs> yeah, well, when you're, when you're writing uh, 300 resumes and you're realizing uh, that you don't really know how to sell yourself and you don't really understand how you can add value to the businesses you're applying to. Yeah. Um, 
that, uh, that, that you realize that basically you, you have a void of knowledge. And uh, so at the time I went to the bank, uh, I was getting a little bit better at selling myself. And I um, remember meeting a, with a banker and he's looking at my resume. Uh, and I should tell you that like my, my summer job experience was also kind of interesting. So I, I've been bartender in, in Germany. I was a uh, okay. worked in a hotel in Switzerland one summer. I worked on a cargo ship going to Africa one summer. Uh, really? So the guy, so, so the guy interviewing me looks at me and says, "Well, this is just an amazing resume. What does it have to do with banking?" And I said, <laughs> "I said, well, you know, <laughs> I said, uh, I said I'm perfect for banking. I said banking is a generalist thing. I mean, most of you guys in banking." know a little bit about a lot of stuff. I said, that's perfect for me. <laughs> um, you know, I like learning about a lot of stuff. And, uh, and, and so, uh, uh, and I can, I can absolutely do this. And uh, so that's basically uh, probably the line that helped me get the job at the time. And, uh, um, and uh, over the years, I'm, I'm still somewhat, a little bit of a journalist, but I've kind of specialized a little bit more. I've gotten pretty deep into the finance piece of it, but uh, um, but uh, I still have a broad sense of interest in all businesses. Yeah, that that was pretty clever, by the way. Congratulations. That probably that that op really, if you look back on it, Chris, that opened the door. That response, you know, all of that you'd put yourself through to get to the point where you had enough confidence, had enough insight to be able to bounce back with that answer. Uh, really set up the rest of your life, don't you think? It did, it did, and and I, um, I do, I try to pay it back too to kids today. I interview kids. I, um, I try to give them assistance, you know, help. I interview kids that are applying to the college I attended, um, and uh, I, you know, we've hired, you know, when I was uh, leading the company, I hired no end of interns. Uh, just I think it's really important, and uh, uh, and by the way, I had. You know, a weakness for liberal arts graduates. I mean, I would hire people that didn't necessarily always major in finance or accounting. I mean, sure. even though we were sort of a finance related company, because I found I could teach them that. What I couldn't teach them was I couldn't teach them how to write and I couldn't teach them how to think and I couldn't teach them how to solve problems. Uh, I mean, that was a you know more abstract skill set and I couldn't really teach that so well, but uh, I certainly couldn't teach them a work ethic, you know. Um, and uh, uh, so if I found somebody that had a work ethic and um, uh, and and had the ability to present and write and think. Um, uh, I tended to have a weakness for those kinds of people. Yeah, fantastic insights. Thanks so much for uh, spending your time. And that's what you know. I'm, that's what we do here, uh, Chris. Is create a venue where people can get exposure to these kinds of behind the scenes insight. That you know, because I'm sure a lot, you know. When you're a CEO, you're in a leadership position, you can be around people for 20 years and they really don't hear these kinds of conversations or hear what you have. Because when you're talking to them, it's about solving a problem, launching a new project, dealing with an issue. And these kind of things don't always come up, you know, the behind the scenes attitudes. And also, I appreciate you uh, sharing. I know. Uh, the book's going to do well. And uh, what, what's next? What's what's coming next, man? You're 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 a high energy guy, and you've got you're sitting on a uh, a boatload of information. What you going to do, man? 
You know, I don't know. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to do the. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time promoting the book right now because I think it's just a, uh, uh, it's a, it's a mission. You know, it, this is not something I'm making any money off of, but it's a mission. Right. Um, uh, I think it'll help a lot of people. Um, I think it'll improve people's understanding of business. Um, I think it provides information to business in a way that's that's never been provided to people. Um, and um, so it, it'll help change the dialogue. Um, and uh, and then, you know, I have some ideas for uh, starting a business. And I, I, it just depends on how much I want to work. I'm, I'm not sure I want to do 100 hours a week anymore, you know. So I've been doing 100 hours a week a long time, you know. So, yeah, uh, right. uh, so, so uh, part of this is going to be trying to figure out how I can work in a different time uh, uh, time bandwidth than I have been used to. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, you can do that. And uh, you will do that. Let's face it, you will. <laughs> you, got too, you got too much energy to be bored or go around and look at the scene. The sights are full with the sand on the beach. You know, <laughs> It's uh, fun to make things happen, isn't it? It, I it mean, is. You've gotten, it a is. Lot of, you've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of uh, success because when you are successful, like you say, all the millionaires that were created. I mean, there's a, a ripple effect of positive things that happen uh when allowing serious people to be successful and that wealth goes into their lives they usually wind up doing smart things with it you know and it it's it's a ripple it sets off a chain of positive events you've got to feel a, a tremendous amount of satisfaction from, from the successes you've had um i do and i and i'm really grateful for the opportunity to be able to um you know step back from from uh working and uh and to be able to have time to write a book like this and and uh and to give back i mean i think it's just important i mean uh, i think it's it's important that we all make a difference with our lives to the extent we can and so um uh, so the value equation is a piece of that thanks so much chris thanks for listening to the million dollar mastermind if you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode please take a minute and leave us a five-star review your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.